go for launch. Welcome to the revolution. So far, so good. They're freaking awesome. Imitated, but never duplicated. My kids don't even like me. Wait, 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 what? Live from coast to coast, around the world, and online at JimandTrav.com. Play it! What are you waiting for? Let the revolution begin. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. I like to catch fish, I put them in my life well. I catch them all the time, I catch more than you. I do it with a spinner bait, a shaky head, a jig and pig. I do it in my sleep, I have narcolepsy. So to stave off any lawsuits, <laughs> we highly, if you have extreme narcolepsy, don't go fishing alone. Yeah, and don't look it up on the internet. <laughs> At least uh, wear a, a PFD. There all you right, go. All right, so we are talking what? Hey, we're talking summertime lunkers on this week's show. Bam! Here in just a second, going to be joined by I the- I got the bug to go fishing really Kansas. bad. You should go fishing. Yes. You should go with Cat Daddy. You go sit on a bucket with him. Oh. He's going to be joining us in just a second, the Kansas Cat Man. After him. Hey, we're going to have Dave Mercer. We're going to have Dave Mercer. And, of course, he is the uh, co-host. Actually, he is the... He is the host. (laughs) Jimbo. Get my notes. Who do we have on the show this week? (laughs) You know, I'd like to know that. I know that we have Dave Mercer, Cat Daddy, and... Gary Klein. And Gary Klein. Man, glad we got that out. Uh, let's just get <laughs> not to Not in that order. No, it's not in that order. But right now it's Cat Daddy, and he's brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back. Now here's our very own captain of the SS Tuna Tub, Cat Daddy. I'll never go fishing again. This is in my friend. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Here are the boys. All right, so I'm going to say this because you probably forgot. Uh, just now being joined <laughs> by a man that can walk on water. He's he very, can. He's very buoyant. Uh, his name is Cat Daddy, and he's my hero. Mr. Cat Daddy, how's it going, man? Hey, going good, going good, boys. Uh, as usual, the fish are biting extremely well, extremely well. It always happens that way. It's like they bit really good yesterday, but they bite really good when you don't have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you what, uh... I had a pontoon, and I let my older boy have it, and he really fixed it up pretty nice, you know. And me and the family and some friends that was in town went out yesterday and caught some nice channel cat, man. I mean, just just daggone nice ones. Now we had a good time, you know, and uh, we was using a. A stinky old cheese dip bait. <laughs> That's what I was going to wonder. We are like, it's like the dog days of summer now. Summer just started. June. It is so doggone hot out there, man. I was wondering, dip baits, punch baits, they have to be so effective right now. Oh, absolutely. You know, as soon as that bait hits the water, it just disperses an oil slick, man. It drives them fish crazy. You know, they just can't get enough of it. You know, the the scent stays so good in them sponges that I use that they don't even have to have bait on them. Just after using them four or five times and throwing them out, you catch fish just on a bare sponge. Now, <laughs> don't you, like, take and cut up hat sponges? Is that what you use? Yeah, that, that that's it exactly. Yeah, uh, hat block sponges is what they're called. And, uh, you get them at your western outdoor store, you know. And yeah. You cut them up in inch-sized blocks and run a treble hook up through the center and Man, they work really, really well. They're they're real soft. They're not hard, you know, like when the fish go to bite on them. 
it just just they just suck them up and drive them right to the hilt, man. Mm. You hook them every time. What is that super sunny, sticky, icky dippy? What what was the one you used? <laughs> yeah, uh, sunny, super sticky. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, worse than peanut butter, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, now the attack that you're talking about with the punch bait, <laughs> you know, we we have a lot of stations in the northern climes of this country. Does that work in that? Nick of the Woods? I mean, we're talking uh, northern Michigan or Minnesota or whatever? Man, just as long as the water temperatures, you know, just uh, fairly warm, you know, 50 and above, I think that dip or punch bait would work anywhere, anywhere. Mm. It just drives in fish crazy. It's just, it's uh, the cheese and the, the, the stuff they put in there, just, man, they got it going on now, let me tell you. Now, with this warm water temp and these, I mean, crazy extreme heat we are experiencing, are you going to be firing up the bean hole soon or not? Oh, the bean hole's on fire right now, buddy. Is We're it really? beans as we speak. Oh, geez, OP. Because normally... <laughs> it's, 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 you know, you, after I get done dumping beans, it's like having a big old pot up. <laughs> beans right on the stove. <laughs> I turn that lake to a great big pot of beans, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the thing is, you know, once you set up that bean hole, and we know that you go out there and you kind of anchor up, and then you kind of spread this stuff around and then throw the punch bait out, and, of course... The disbursement of, do you think what they can actually sense when you're throwing the beans out? Like hit the water? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, a uh, uh, fish can identify uh, uh, a wounded fish, you know, as far as bait goes, anywhere, you know, that's uh, within sight or they can feel the vibration of the fish or he's putting out a certain sound. Hey, it's just like when you throw them beans out, it's, it's like a Gatling gun hitting the water. Mm. <laughs> And that, that's how it sounds, you know, and it just drives them fish crazy. I've seen them fish jump, clean up out of the water after I've got done spewing beans out there. No way, really. Oh, it's just, it's just happier than a, uh, it's just happy fish. Yeah, happier than a two <laughs> goat, as they say, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Gets a little western out there. Uh, <laughs> that is cool, though. So you're can, can you make that bean sound again? Yeah. No, that was a Gatlin sound. Oh, yeah, oh that? that sounded more like something else. <laughs> that sounded like me after some beans. <laughs> Bad stuff. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, channel cats. You caught some nice channels. What size were you catching? Oh, they were 15, 18 pound oh, channels. Jeez, oh, Pete, man, really? they, they was ripping drag. Uh, I had my older boy, uh, Big Fish, out there on, on the tune that he fixed up. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, boy, it, it was just ripping drag off his reels. It, it, it was, you know, just... Pole bending action, it was fantastic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, what time of day were you guys out there? Well, we got up about 4.30 in the morning. Oh. We cruised out there. We wanted to get there as early as we could because it, it was going to be hot, man. So yeah. uh, we got there about right, right at daybreak, you know, out, out on the water. We waited, and uh, we, we fished for probably three and a half, four hours to about 11, 11.30. That's perfect. And then, and then we boot scooted and boogied on out there. That's right. Then you go enjoy some cold Pepsis and take a siesta. That's right, Trav. Cold <laughs> Pepsis. Man, you can't beat it. Yeah, when that sun comes out, Jim whips out the Speedo and baby oil. Oh, I and do. He's just out there strutting his stuff <laughs> on the beaches. <laughs> Banana hammock. <laughs> All right, so Mr. Cat Daddy, if we want to book a trip with you, if we just want to pick your brain, man, you're, you're such a wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to catfishing. Where can we find you online, buddy? 
www.catdaddyguideservices.com. And if you want to go fishing with Cat Daddy right now, bring your own five-gallon bucket to sit your butt on. <laughs> That's right. Also, if you'd like to write old Cat Daddy, maybe send him a photograph of your latest and greatest, or maybe even your girlfriend. Or just your bucket. <laughs> or just your bucket. Yeah. yeah. He's into buckets. He is into buckets. Yeah, send him an email at catdaddy underscore one at msn.com. All right, this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine, even your catfish, at himtnjerky.com. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we have Dave Mercer. That's right. He has a program called Facts of Fishing on our channel, Sundays at 11 o'clock in the morning. And Dave is Cat Daddy's biggest fan. He is. He really is. Hi, right, Mr. <laughs> Cat Daddy. God bless you. We love you, buddy. Uh, this is the Bucket King, Cat Daddy, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Here's Mrs. Bunny with a tip on chumming for cats. Chumming for cats. Send carries further in warmer water, so chumming a hole during the heat of the summer can be incredibly effective. Baiting the same hole for an extended period of time can also lead to more consistent bites once the fish become accustomed to a constant food source. Try different locations, cover, and structure until you find your sweet spot. We are the revolution with Jim and Trav, your source for all things outdoors. Plus, we're Michael Waddell's best friends. Yep, it's totally legit and Facebook official. Check out JimandTrav.com while we get to a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Big ideas come alive when you're backyard ready. Discover the very best in outdoor living all in one place. We're ready when you're ready at GameAndFishMag.com forward slash backyard. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and Summertime Lunkers. Now kicking off a two-parter with Dave Mercer, host of Facts of Fishing on Outdoor Channel, Sundays 11 a.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Hey, we are back. We're talking summertime lunkers in this week's show. And our next guest, he's a lunker. He is the man with the plan. He is, is looker. Mercer and Neri. That is Dave Mercer. He's the host of Facts of Fishing on Outdoor Channel. That is Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern time. You have to watch it. He is also the MC. So cool. How long have you been a part of the Bassmaster Classic, Mr. Dave? I think his last classic was my 11th classic. The 11th. 11th. No way. Yeah. Time flies. Um, <laughs> I never ever thought it would have lasted that long. Now, how did you get the job as the MC of? I mean, this is a big deal being the MC of the Bassmaster Classic, man. Uh, and considering Hank, the years gone by, and talk about Hank Cherry, man, back to back wins. That is uh, so amazing. There's only a handful of anglers that have accomplished that. But how did you become the MC? Honestly, I guess it all stems from one thing. I was not good at tournament angling. (laughs) (laughs) I had no other option, I guess. No, I mean, I I guess it started, you know, I started fishing tournaments when I I was really young, when I was 13 years old. I was lucky to do fairly decent in them. And at the time, that kind of stood out because there wasn't, you know, all the collegiate programs and high school programs and youth programs that that there is today to compete. Um, So... All through school, all I did was was fish tournaments. And then when school ended, you know, I kind of fished tournaments throughout, you know, Canada and the northern United States. 
But it didn't take me long to realize, like, wow, this is not the life for me. It, you know, the amount of commitment and time away that those guys spend. And that's one of the things that I think makes me okay at the MC job. Because I respect the grind that these guys go through so much, I think it allows me to kind of relate with them a little more. But at that time, I kind of decided, hey, I'm going to focus on TV and forever Every year I'd go to the classic and I'd be like, man, did I really screw up? You know, I focused more on TV and I kind of took my foot off the competitive side of things because I go to the classic every year. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I could have been Hank Cherry. I'm not saying I would have won him. I might have, but I'm not <laughs> saying that. Um, but I think that, you know, if you were, if I worked hard enough at it, I could have qualified for a classic. And every year I'd sit there and I'd be like, man, you know, you walk into that arena and the hair stands up on the back of your neck. So how ironic is it? that somehow, in some way, I found my way back to that, you know, and I, I've been able to live both of my childhood dreams, but, you know, being part of the classic and fishing for a living. But basically, it, you know, two things. I mean, I was connected in the tournament world, and I have a really big mouth. I never shut up. <laughs> so every single thing, that literally every single thing, if you took all of my report cards from, you know, what, pick a grade, you know, grade three up, you know, you that little section that scares kids mostly, you know, you get the if you get the letters right, that's one thing. But the other part is the section and it would always say, Dave needs to learn to focus more in class and talk less. Dave needs to not to not be so verbal and, and learn how to write more. Do the, so everything that they insulted me or everything that was a downslide in my report card is the reason I am the best. So, so kids work hard, and then you won't get as lucky as me, probably. So work hard. Yeah. Well, what they didn't realize is you were actually preparing for your career. Exactly. Precisely. It's all training ground. Did I hear one time you walked into some like a big wig's office and you pretended you could read Japanese? Is that true? It, it is kind of how. I mean, not a big wig, the big wig. Uh, <laughs> the late Barry McInnes passed away just uh, a couple of years ago now. Yeah. And uh, he's the reason. I mean, but but ultimately, Kevin Van Dam, Mark Sona, they were friends of mine. And I, I reached out to both of them. And, and it literally was in passing. I was like, man, I would love to work for Bass if there was ever an opportunity. Well, I mean, I'm not to get all Oprah with you, but you throw it out in the universe and the universe delivers. And I meet all these people from Bass. And literally, they said, hey, we want to hire you, but you need to meet Jerry McInnes. And I'm like, okay, well, I know who Jerry McInnes is. I mean, he's had the longest running fishing show in ESPN history, you know, the fishing hole. Yeah. Um, it's the second longest running show on ESPN in total, next to Sports Center. Wow. Um, Jerry McInnes, so it all gets down to this final meeting. I've got to meet with Jerry McInnes. Go into his office. It's like the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. you got the jersey that Takahiro wore, the Anuet jersey. The, like, everything is around. It's, he's got a little dog, his little dog, Arch. I'm allergic to dogs, but I'm petting the crap out of Arch because I think if Arch doesn't like me, there's no way I'm getting this job, right? <laughs> so it all goes, this interview goes on for like three hours. And the Jerry McInnes interview isn't like a normal work interview. I mean, you don't just talk about work. You know, we talked about smallville fishing, we talked about bats, you know, baseball, everything. It went all over, and then every once in a while, he slide in this question about work, you know. But ultimately, it got to this point where they had just bought bats. Himself, Jim Copeland, and Don Logan, an ownership group had just bought bats, and he said, you know, we're getting so much good press. He said, I can't believe all the media that is so excited about the new ownership of Bass. And he's like, he pulls out this magazine called Basser Magazine. 
and he opens it, and it's in the center page spread. It's got an article about him. He's like, but then again, I don't know what this says. Who knows what they're writing about me? And my dad used to always tell me growing up, you need to put your brain in here before you put your mouth in drive. <laughs> this is a task that I have not mastered. I don't know if you've realized this yet. <laughs> so without even thinking, I, I look at Jerry straight face, and I'm like, I, I can read it to you, Jerry. And he says, what? And I said, no, no, I can read it to you, Jerry. He's like, when, once you lie, you're committed to the lie. So I am all in. And I, I'm getting upset at this point. I'm like, Jerry, do you want me to read the article or not? And finally, he hands me the article. And, and I swear to you, I've never been able to duplicate how smooth it was that day. But basically, for two paragraphs, it started with something like, Jerry McInnes has been a leader and a trailblazer since day number one. Whether it was his early days with the Oakland Athletics Baseball <laughs> Association or his reinventing of the way that we visually see tournament competition, you know, with, and it goes on and on. And it literally went on for two paragraphs. And when it finished, I, my last paragraph was, we at Fassler Magazine have found out from our sources that Jeremy Kinnis is about to make one of the most sound and prudent business decisions of his life and hire Dave Mercer to MC Fassler. <laughs> <laughs> that is and, cool. <laughs> and I swear to you, at that moment, it felt like three hours. But it was, was like, it was probably about 10 seconds where Jerry was just quiet and he looked up at me and he's like, y you don't read Japanese, do you? <laughs> and I said, I said, well, no, no, Jerry, I don't. And in my head, I'm like just thinking about, wow, I got to call my wife on the way home and tell her I screwed up the job at the last minute in the interview. <laughs> It's a dream job and everything. And, and he looked at me, smiled like Jerry only can. He said, I think you'll do pretty good in this job. You're hired. <laughs> no so, yes, way. I, this is a horrible thing, guys. If you don't do good in school and lie to your employer and stuff could work out okay. Oh, God. You guys, this is we're not helping the future generations at all. Hey, uh, Dave, we got to take a break. Can you stick around for a second part? This is good stuff. Sure. Okay, hey, we're talking with Dave Mercer. He's the host of Facts of Fishing on Outdoor Channel, Sundays at 11 o'clock in the morning. That's right, mentoring today's youth every single day, Dave Mercer. Uh, make sure you do and, watch And it. teaching Japanese. Exactly. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. Dave, to learn more about you, Facts of Fishing, your partners, uh, where can we find you online, buddy? Factsofishing.com, DaveMercer.com, and uh, those two, if you remember those two things, you can find me on every single social media there is out there. I mean, I'm even a freaking TikToker now, guys, <laughs> just so you know. I mean, there is no social media boundary that I will not cross. <laughs> All right, part two with Dave Mercer. Right after this. <laughs> Dave Mercer, host of Facts of Fishing on Outdoor Channel and WFN. Dave Mercer is the coolest guy ever. Yes, he really is, and he taught my guy KVD2, Mark Zona, Ski, Reese, and some others. If I had a known, I would have recorded that just to use as my alarm clock every morning. <laughs> Make me feel good. Stay tuned. The revolution with Jim and Trav will continue in a few moments. Hit up JimandTrav.com for lots of cool extras from the show. The rules are simple. Biggest five fish wins the challenge. But that doesn't mean the game is easy. I mean, that fish, like, it, it just owns you. Like, I don't know what else to do. Does Scott have it in the bag? Oh, boy. It's a big one. Or will he be beat at his own game? I'm ready to go to war. I know. Because bragging rights are serious. Oh, my God. Dad, absolutely huge. You said look like a crazy man. The Scott Martin Challenge, 
Sunday mornings at 10.30 Eastern, only on Sportsman Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is back with Summertime Lunkers. Hashtag intense. Now let's rejoin the boys and Dave Mercer, host of Facts of Fishing on Outdoor Channel, Sundays 11 a.m. Eastern. Presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking Summertime Lunkers on this week's show. And before the break, we have Dave Mercer. Dave, by God, Mercer was on. And he's coming back. He's actually back right now. Yeah, that's right. Make sure you watch Facts Fishing. That's Outdoor Channel Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Such a fun, uh, great show. Now, let's get into some um, post-spawn bass. You know, up there in the north, uh, you're in kind of uh, that realm right now. Uh, what is the water temp like? What are you pitching? What is working right now, buddy? The thing that people, I think, underestimate when they think of the north, they don't realize how much of a magnifying glass our seasons are under. And what I mean by that, and, and my magnifying glass analogy is every kid has, you know, used a magnifying glass. Well, before there was handheld devices that allowed you to do all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, <laughs> if kids would take magnifying glasses and they'd burn leaves and things like that and they'd intensify the heat uh, some weird kids would burn ants i was not one of those kids <laughs> sure uh, <you> weren't. <laughs> uh, let's get back to bass fishing um <laughs> everything changes quicker we don't have a long expanded pre-spawn we don't have a long spawn we don't have a long post-spawn because our seasons are shorter so is the way that the fish move so you have to be willing to move with those fish a lot quicker. That's the thing that I find. And post-spawn, to me, those fish, they move into the shallows, and, and a lot of the lakes we're fishing around, you're going to want to fish that first kind of initial drop-off of the lake. So it doesn't matter what the depth, whether you're on a deep lake, a shallow lake, it doesn't really matter. Think of the first drop-off. So you know where those fish spawn. That's, everybody can figure that out. Shallow, back bays that get sunlight, that can incubate the legs, eggs that they're safe and that sort of thing. Everybody knows that. So you want to move to the first natural drop-off of the lake. So if that is, if you're on an incredibly shallow lake and it's a long sloping lake that, you know, those fish spawn in one to three feet of water, you want to fish in five to six feet of water. That first kind of natural drop. If you look at the map, that natural drop, that first step down, that's where you want to fish. And one of the baits that I do best with is a swim bait, um, you know, a slow swim bait, because a lot of those bigger fish, the males will stay up and they'll guard the fries, but the females, they'll go out and they'll salt. And the females, they are the big ones that we want to catch, right? Yeah. So when they're out there sulking, they're out there for one reason. They're, they're out there to recover and they're out there to eat. And uh, a slow swim bait, something like a champ swimmer, a little thing I got into last year that really paid off is putting a little flash on my swim bait. I use those trocar spin blades, so they're a swim bait hook, but they have a willow leaf blade that runs below it, so it just gives a little more flash, and I really find that it, it made a huge difference for me in the last few years, especially that time of year, because you're not working the bait real quick. You're working the bait kind of slow. You want to, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they work bait too quick this time of year, too. Mm. So keep that in mind. Slow down, but I think that that flash really helps this time of year more, because it's not that erotic 
Did I say erotic or erratic? <laughs> you said erotic. I was like, where are we going they're with this? Both, well, they're both the same to me. But it's, not, it, it's not that erratic swim bait retrieve that you'll have later in the year. It is much more of a slow, deliberate swim bait retrieve, and that's why I think the flash makes a difference. So number one bait for me this time of year is definitely a swim bait, something like a champ swimmer, or if you don't want to throw a swim bait, throw a soft plastic jerk bait. That's another one that will get you – a lot of bites, that slow, subtle, poof, poof, side to side, oh, they inhale it. Mm. Yeah, did you find that uh, going from the north to the south fishing uh, was easy for you? And are the guys in the south, say they go and fish the St. Lawrence River, uh, is it a little tougher for them having fished south all the time? All right, I'm going to make a lot of enemies with this answer right here, guys. <laughs> that's probably what you want. It's going to get honest. erotic. You guys yeah. <laughs> I think that a lot of southern anglers have a hard time up north because they try to fish southern. Oh. And you don't see a lot of northern anglers. When they go down south, they don't try to fish northern. Mm. You know what I mean? They, they, they put a little bit of flavor in here and there. But, but if you look at uh, Chris and Corey Johnston, who have done incredibly well, you know, on – the St. John's River and some of the, you know, super grassy southern fisheries, they're fishing the same way you see those guys fish down there. And I feel like a lot of guys, until they crack that mold and they're like, hey, I got to fish different. I have to smallmouth fish. I know it's a bass, it's a bass, but it's, you have to commit to that way of fishing. And I think it's a lot tougher on them coming up north for that reason. Because you, you never hear somebody, like, reverse it, like, you Everybody knows pro anglers who have told you, well, I don't like a spinning rod. I don't want to pick up one of them fairy sticks or whatever people call them. You know, it's horrible. Um, but you never hear somebody from the north being like, I just hate to punch and flip. I mean, that is, I hate flipping. Like nobody, no bass angler ever says that, but it really, you hear it a lot from the south going to the north. So I, I do think that they have a tougher time. But it's because they're not used to adapting, and they're incredibly scared of clear water, and water's very clear. It's, how weird is that? If you're from the north, you're scared of dirty water. If you're from the south, you're scared of clear water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, was it hard um, with COVID and everything, you know, crossing, um, you know, into America and back into Canada? Was that a big pain in the butt for you or not? More of a pain in the brain, really, to be oh, really? honest. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had uh, 40 something. COVID tests over this time. Are so, you uh, serious? Had, yeah, 47. 47, I think. I'm at that now. Wow. Um, so, yeah, they, but, I mean, hey, guys, I'm just happy to be able to do my job. Like, yeah. it, as crazy as that all sounds and as nuts as, like, I, I'm just like anybody else. We're all tired of dealing with this crap. You know yeah. what I mean? But, yeah. but that being said, when you look at how rough it's been on some people, um, thank God I'm still allowed to deal with this crap. You know, it, there's a lot of different loopholes and, and I've had to, had some crazy quarantine stuff I've had to deal with when I come home and things like that, but I'm thankful just to be still working. You bet. Hey, Dave, we got to leave it right there. And uh, of course, we're going to go get our COVID test now. Yeah, we are. I'm going to tell you what, Dave's nose has seen more action. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, yeah. That is a lot of tests, man. All right. So, Facts of Fishing Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You have to watch it. Dave, I mean, you're such a great guy. Uh, this has been presented, though, by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at 
MyOutdoorTV.com. Is Fax of Fishing on MyOutdoorTV? Heck yeah. Yes. I mean, all the cool shows are on MyOutdoorTV. <laughs> so please, please watch. Watch Facts of Fishing and Zone of Awesome Fishing Show and all the great shows on My Outdoor TV. That's right. Now, where can we find you online, buddy? My Outdoor TV, com, Of course. And then go subscribe to our YouTube channel because... I'm tired of sucking on YouTube. We're really making an effort to suck less on YouTube. <laughs> suck less on YouTube is goal for 2021. Jimbo, who we got coming up hey, next? Hey, coming up next is the guy, Gary Klein. He's professional bass angler with Major League Fishing. Yeah, and that's uh, Outdoor Channel Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Dave, man, we love you. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you, guys. Take care and have a good day. And next time, let's talk about fishing. <laughs> This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. It's either us or air supply. I'm all out of love. What am I without? Mm, yeah. Connect with the boys 24-7 and provide valuable feedback at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The Revolution will be right back. My Outdoor TV is now available on all your favorite devices. With the best hunting, fishing, and shooting shows ever made, it's the ultimate streaming service for real-life outdoor adventures. My Outdoor TV is packed with over 10,000 exclusive episodes powered by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. The leaders in outdoor entertainment. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Start your free trial today. My Outdoor TV, now everywhere. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Talking summertime lunkers this week. Now, here's another two-parter with Mr. Gary Klein, professional bass angler with Major League Fishing on Outdoor Channel. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking summertime lunkers on this week's show. And before the break, we had Dave Mercer on. Of course, he has... uh, Facts of Fishing on Outdoor Channel Sundays at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah, but the man that truly does have the facts about fishing uh, is Gary Klein. He's a professional bass angler with Major League Fishing. That's Outdoor Channel Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can catch, uh, is it Stage 5 Tour kicks off uh, this Friday and runs through next Wednesday, the 25th through the 30th there on uh, the St. Lawrence River. Is that right, Mr. Gary? That is correct, yes. uh, We're actually starting our Stage 5 event. Up here on the St. Lawrence Seaway out of Messina, uh, New York, it's going to be absolutely awesome. We're going to set all kinds of records up here. You know, this is the first time that Major League Fishing will have had the opportunity to use our format, a catch, weigh, and release of all these big smallmouth on the St. Lawrence Seaway. Yeah, now, they're Major League Fishing. I mean, you have so many outstanding anglers um, hundreds, thousands of fish get caught, you know, they're unharmed, they are released, but there's a lot of information and data that you could collect uh, that would really help, you know, fisheries and biologists and stuff. Now, tell us about the fish management division of Major League Fishing, because I think this is really interesting, Mr. Gary, how you're using that information to better help conservation. Well, I tell you, you know, that's a great question, and thank you for asking that. You know, Major League Fishing, from the very uh, beginning, has always been, you know, catch, weigh, release. Uh, we don't transport populations of fish around. From the time the fish is caught, weighed, and released, they probably less than 20 seconds out of the water. Uh, especially during a spawn, we don't pull the fish away from the beds or anything. So that part of the format has really uh, been very, very successful for us. 
A lot of people across the country love it, especially the locals on, you know, their local body of water when we come in and get to use it. But what we want to do is our vision is very grand with Major League Fishing, and we've been working uh, very, very hard to implement a fisheries management division. And the goal behind the fish management division is to help enhance fisheries across the country and to make their fishing experiences better based on the data that we collect. And the other important ingredients is the fact that state agencies really don't work across state lines. But with Major League Fishing Management Division, we're going to be the central hub of that information and connect all of the information with all the different state agencies across the country. And what that basically boils down to is the fact that their access to our data gives them more data than they can physically collect on themselves with their budgets because it all takes time and energy and resources to collect that data. For example, I have or we have at the Fisheries Management Division the data on every scoreable bass caught by Major League Fishing Anglers since 20, uh, 2011. Wow. Everything, everything has been collected. And what this data is starting to help us with, for example, a data collection that we did on Table Rock Lake in 2019, in a three-week period, we actually competed two back-to-back events on Table Rock Lake. Mm, wow. We were able to collect over 5,000 fish catches. <laughs> and not only were they largemouth, but they were also smallmouth and spotted bass. And that's one of the problems that you have trying to collect accurate numbers on smallmouth and spotted bass with the technique of electroshocking because those are usually deeper fish. And if they're below eight foot uh, in depth, then the electroshock really has no value. So we were able to capture that data and present it to Fish and Game in the state of Arkansas and the state of Missouri. But to even take that a step further, we took a topo map of Table Rock Lake, and we did overlay data of all of our fish catches from both events. And then we took the over, and we overlaid the data from Johnny Morris's conservation, and he's been very, very active in doing habitat restoration on Table Rock Lake. And it was actually amazing to see the correlation of fish populations in those areas where they have actually went in and planted habitat. So we're starting to build this data for successful stocking back into the reservoirs, habitat restoration into the reservoirs. Because a lot of our, well, all of our reservoirs across the country are aging. And if you have an, an aging reservoir, you need to put habitat back into it. Because over time, every all the natural stuff starts breaking down. So you have to continuously stock it. Three things you need to have a really good bass fishery. You need to have the right genetics. You need to have habitat. And you need to have a correct food source. Which takes me to the other part of the project that we're actively involved in. We actually started the program at our Red Crest this year on Lake Ufala. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing, all of the Major League Fishing anglers, are swabbing the tongue of all of the fish that are caught that are seven pounds or over. Wow. And the reason why we wanted to go with a seven-pound mark is because throughout the country, a seven-pound largemouth 
is really considered a trophy-sized fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's huge. But here's some of the questions that we're trying to answer with the data collection that we're currently involved in. You know, because you have different reservoirs, obviously, across this country, man-made, natural, current, tidal. And some reservoirs are special. For some reason, they grow them. They grow them really well. So what we want to do is come in and get the DNA results of these fish and find out what percentage in the DNA analysis that we get back from the lab are largemouth, Florida strain, you know, cross. Uh, and that's really important for us because what we're going to do with that information is start compiling it so that we can go back in and accurately suggest the correct genetics of fish that should be restocked into that reservoir based on the data that we've collected. Um, another question that we're going to answer, most people haven't thought of this, is about, you know, you think about the state of Florida, mm-hmm. which is one of the best bass fisheries in the country, but how far, you know, we just all, most anglers just consider those fish Floridas. Well, how far south into Florida does the, does the northern genetics go? And then how far north does the uh, Florida genetics go? And then, of course, East Coast and West Coast. And that's one of the projects that is going to be ongoing forever because the more data that we can um, put together, then the better we're going to be able to provide data to the uh, local agencies. I don't want Major League Fishing to ever go away. I want everybody to be proud that Major League Fishing was there. And this is the benefits that Major League Fishing is providing to the local anglers. You bet. Hey, Gary, we've got to take a break. Can you stick around? I'd love to. Thank you. Okay. Hey, we're talking with Gary Klein. He's a professional bass angler with Major League Fishing. It's seen on Outdoor Channel Saturdays at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. Eastern Time. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. And you can always get uh, uh, Major League Fishing on My Outdoor TV as well. Now, Mr. Gary, to learn more about you, where you're going to be, you know, right now you are at the, the Stage 5 Tour. Uh, once again, it kicks off uh, this Friday. It goes through Wednesday on the St. Lawrence River and uh, uh Messina, New York. Where can we find you online, buddy? Well, you can go to MajorLeagueFishing.com if you want to go and review uh, all the information that we have on the Major League Fishing Fisheries Management Division. Just go to our front page, scroll down, and go to Fisheries Management Division. That'll give you all the updates on all the projects that we're involved in. Uh, you can follow me on uh, you know, GaryKleinProAngler.com. Um, <laughs> Facebook, I'm, 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 I'm readily available, let me just say that. <laughs> you bet. Hey, more Gary Klein, right after this. Part two with the original gangsta of bass fishing, Gary Klein, is minutes away. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. It's summertime lunkers this week. Now back to Gary Klein, professional bass angler with Major League Fishing on Outdoor Channel. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking summertime lunkers on this week's show. And uh, before the break, of course, we had part one with Gary Klein. He is a wonderful guy and doing a whole lot for 
Bass Fisheries. Yeah, make sure you watch the Major League Fishing Outdoor Channel Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Also get it with the My Outdoor TV app. Uh, and go to MajorLeagueFishing.com as well. Now, let's get into drop shotting boat docks, Mr. Gary. <laughs> this is fun, all right? And you have a lot of knowledge that you can drop on us here. What is your is that take? A pun? Yes, drop shotting boat docks. Uh, it's the most versatile technique that I've ever seen in my life. It's the closest thing to fishing live bait, is there is. Yeah. The fish are just nuts for it. Large mouth, small mouth, spotted bass, shallow water, deep water. There's so many variations in fishing a drop shot rig. But, you know, a standard drop shot rig, and, and the reason why I say a standard drop shot rig is because through time, anglers will start developing their own version of a drop shot. So a standard drop shot rig is basically a hook on a main line above a weight. And most of the time we're throwing it in clear water and we're throwing it on spinning rods, you know, six, eight, ten pound test line. If I'm fishing in clear water, which I'm talking for staying clean water, just like what we're going to have up here on the St. Lawrence Seaway, length of cast is very important. And that's what probably one of the things that I watch anglers, the mistake that anglers make is that they're fishing a real clear water body and their their boat is so close to the cover, so close to the target that they're making a presentation to fish that are already aware that they're there. Mm. And we as anglers know and understand the personality of the bass changes as you approach them with the trolling motor. And that's why the way you operate a troll motor is very important. A lot of guys are on the pedal hard, off the pedal. If you're making long casts, you can get away with that. But if you're fishing real shallow water, it's very important to kind of creep around and keep that troll motor at a constant speed so they hear it coming into distance and it doesn't really spook them as it gets close to them. But the key is trying to fish and get the bite at the extent of your cast and the presentation. But here's the whole key to a drop shot. Okay. Is that when I make the cast of the drop shot, I have a weight with a plastic above that weight. So that plastic bait <clears throat> is going to chase the sinker. Mm. So to a fish in clear water, which is a visual fish, a sight-feeding fish, say a fish underneath a boat dock in the shade looking out into the sunlight, and you make a long pitch with your drop shot, and it falls alongside that shade, that fish is going to get dialed in on one bait chasing another bait. That's the reason why I always love to use a shiny sunscreen weight, because it gives the appearance of a minnow or something that it's going to attract that fish. But that's energy as it falls. When the weight hits the bottom, the worm, depending on the length of beater that you're using, will now free fall. Mm. But that worm will only free fall if you're letting it fall on a slack line. So length of cast, let it fall on a slack line. Do not make the cast flip your bell and lift your right tip. If you do that, you just kill the fall. Because we all know as anglers, one of the most effective ways of catching a bell is on a plastic worm with no slip sinker. Just fishing at weightless. But the problem with fishing at weightless is it takes forever to fish a cast. If I'm fishing a drop shot and I'm using an 18-inch leader and I make a long pitch, the bait falls, 
when the sinker hits the bottom, it's got to release that energy, and it releases it through the worm. So now the worm does a directional change as it starts to quiver, and I've got 18 inches of basically a weightless worm falling to the bottom. So, you know, you can extend the length of your leaders, or you can make your leaders shorter, too. Uh, that's why I said a standard drop shot rig. Now, when you get that first bite, how important is it to do follow-up casts instead of blow on and go to the next dock? Is that something you like to do, or do you not want to stress the area too much? Hey, that is a great, great question, because that is something that I always do. Really? I don't care how shallow the water is or how clear the water is or how dirty the water is. If I make a presentation and I catch a fish, I'm going to release that fish, and I will always make that exact same presentation again before I move the boat. Really? And it is amazing how many schools of fish that I have found in shallow water. It may be, you know, the right dock that's got the right breeze blowing on it. And instead of catching one and letting the boat, you know, pile into the into the dock while I'm, you know, fighting a fish, I put my power poles down or hit my my uh, lock on my my ghost troller motor, and I will make that presentation. It's amazing how many big schools of fish. I mean, instead of catching one, I'll catch ten mm. or I'll catch thirty, making that same exact cast. So it's very important to always repeat the cast when you catch a fish. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Gary Klein. He's a professional bass angler for Major League Fishing. Yeah, on Outdoor Channel, that is Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can always catch it with the My Outdoor TV app as well. Now, Mr. Gary, to follow along, Stage 5, again, this Friday, the 25th through the 30th, St. Lawrence River, Messina, uh, New York. If we want to follow along the action, check what's going on, where can we find you guys online, and also uh, learn more about the fish management division there with Major League Fishing. Yeah, you can go to MajorLeagueFishing.com and just click on our live stream button, and you can watch the competition. Uh, we're airing it every day, a competition. This is going to be the most exciting event. Of course, we got two more coming up yeah. that are up here also up north, but this event, is going to be extremely exciting because this is the first time we've ever used our catchway release. And I know they had a little local club tournament up here uh, on Saturday, and it took 30 for five to win, 28 for second, 27 for third. Wow. Uh, there was four over six caught, one almost seven. Wow. So what you're going to see our guys do, and I, I predict this is going to be one of the records that we're going to break. We will have more anglers that will go over the 100-pound mark mm. to qualify into the knockout round than we've ever had. That is crazy. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online and check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. Also, follow along the live action there. Uh, Major League Fishing. I, my kids love hopping on and watching the live stream. It's just so much fun. Mr. Gary, though, we love you, man. God bless you. Best of luck out there. Well, thank you, guys. It's always a pleasure being on your show. Stick around. The Revolution with Jim and Trav will continue right after these messages. Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes The Revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com.
Hey, Trey, what a great show this week. Talking this about summertime lunkers. Yeah, we had on Cat Daddy, Dave Mercer, Gary Klein. This was exciting. And hey, congratulations, everybody. We actually made through, and it is summertime. It is summertime. And you know, the thing is, just a couple of days ago was the longest day of the year. Now it's going to get shorter. You always bring up the most depressing things. No, here's, here's the good part. Why are you touching me? We're closer to hunting seasons. Okay. <laughs> Summer just got here. Let's just revel in the fact that it's nice outside. All right, so get outdoors this weekend. Take some kiddos with you. Go fishing if you can. Even if you don't have a boat, sit on the bank. So much fun. Uh, just recreate outdoors as a family and always hammer home. Firearm safety. It is imperative. We will return next week, boys and girls. God bless you and the United States of America.